Hello. <laughs> just leave it like that. Just leave it. So I'm I'm really looking into getting like Philips Hue lights. Like there, there's 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 a few situations in my house where it would do me so much like benefit from a lighting standpoint, but I just don't have the fixtures. That's the problem. What do you mean by the fixtures? They fit into regular sockets. I know, but the so I have I have a, the old iridescent neon light in front of me, uh, like the light bulbs you see in your high school, and then I have these uh, really high ceiling lights that are recessed into the ceiling, but they're not directly over me. They're more adjacent to me in the kitchen area, and. So I would I would need to get an an additional light from like a floor mounted lamp or something like that behind me. Um, for those who don't know, I I I do use my desk area as a video recording studio as well too. So I use my my crappy little uh, battle station as like a backdrop and everything. But I need I need better light. And the reason why I'm now much more interested in getting Philips Hue is that the Google Assistant, which is the competitor to your Siri and Alexa, um, is now fully supports Philips Hue natively. So I get um, and and there's the the Philips Hue scenes. So I guess before it didn't support the scenes, but now it does. So now it's. It's definitely making me that much more interested in investing in in the Hue ecosystem. Well, I can tell you they do have the recessed kind of flood lights, the ones that are in your ceiling. Um, They have bulbs specifically for that. So you're good there. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you should do it. They are amazing. They're a little expensive to get into, but... They're definitely worth it, and hey, it might save you some money in the end because you can constantly have the lights turn off when the kids end up leaving them on. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, we have the you know the manual light switches kind of scattered all throughout the house and whatnot, and through muscle memory, we've all come to just know where to click and know which one to click. And uh, I, I have a fear that. I will be walking into my office and saying, you know, the wake word, turn on the lights or go to this scene or go to that scene. But it doesn't. And then I look at the actual light switch and the, the lights are turned off I'm like, ah, this defeats the whole purpose. And I got to go walk back, turn it back on. I don't know. That, that's that is kind of like my my biggest I wouldn't say concern because uh, but like gripe about the whole thing, because you have to get buy in for everybody that's in the house. And the other like main people that are in the house most more than likely are not going to use the verbal exercise of turning off and on lights. It just it's just very odd to them. Well, uh, you can do two things there. Uh, you can either go really cheap and just get a piece of tape and tape the uh, <laughs> tape the yeah. switch on, or you can go fancy, go to Home Depot, and they have light switch covers that can cover it up and make it so it's just inaccessible. And they're usually, the nice thing is they're just magnets. They You don't have to install anything or drill anything. You just place it over it, and it just holds it. And you can't access the switch anymore. Yeah, but then there's this kind of sm- small but very noticeable cover slash box 
that is on the outside of the light switch where it should be. I mean, the, the box would be and there just, just to train people's brain, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about how they have a mindset right now. You just need to retrain right. that. You just need to give it some time until it's second nature to come in there and use the voice command, not the uh, switch. And once you've done that, you can take down the box because it's built into their brain. I guess. I just... I just have all these wishes, and they will only come true if I don't live with all these other people. I love you, Al, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just kind of how it goes. Well, let's be honest, Tony. The only reason you're really getting them is because you're jealous of the setup I have and the video I sent you. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be jealous of that of that setup for multiple reasons. One, your computer itself. Two, the three monitor setup. And three, yes, definitely the Philips Hue, uh, but also four for not jumping on the, I guess, the glitch that happened at Bed Bath & Beyond for you two years ago. Or was it just a year ago? Felt felt like two, like a year and a half. Whatever the case may be, uh, that's that's the biggest thing, like... I mean, if, if, if you and I are being honest, and you, you've even said said it yourself... You wouldn't have all these if the glitch didn't happen, and it did. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, like, waiting for either a massive sale um, or or some sort of skew barcode glitch to occur in, in a retail store because I highly doubt that it would ever happen online. Um, but, yeah, I, I need to build up my whole, like, battle station here to to – potentially match up to what you have and let me let me ask you that actually brings up a good point why three monitors should i buy instead of investing in the super humongous samsung gaming monitor that's like like 45 inches wide the crazy ultra wide thing yeah you've seen it at costco it's like it's like two thousand dollars or something like that but it looks amazing I mean, yeah, it's, it's expensive, but it looks amazing. The frame rates there, um, and for games that support the wide, wide screen, the ultra wide screen, it works great for that. So why should I get? Why is it just a? Do you think uh, it's just a means of disposable income and just get three separate ones, or should I, you know, try to avoid the the two lines in the middle? of my monitors by just getting one giant one. So a couple of things. Uh, let's start with my setup. One, uh, don't be too jealous of my computer. A lot of people say that, but it's honestly not that impressive. It's a mid-tier gaming computer that I just built myself. I mainly built it for the reason of I wanted to learn how to build a computer and what goes into it. So I spent the money. Um the other thing is, is uh, why three monitors? Why did I go with three monitors? couple things. One, it's cheaper. Uh, these monitors were only about 125 bucks each. Two, I didn't have to buy them all at once. I bought two, and then the third one came months later. Months later. Uh, an added bonus was the fact that I could do that triple screen gaming, which is really nice. And that brings up another great point, is I can... Uh, retask the windows to do other things so I can say window one or you know screen one is 
Xbox, screen 2 is PC, and screen 3 is, you know, whatever I want, whether it be PC or maybe something else. I can do that. You can't do that with one single monitor. It would be Xbox or PC, not Xbox and PC. Actually, this one Wait. can. This one can. This one does It has, have like, a picture-in-picture uh, picture kind of thing? Wow. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. I know. That's real fancy. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. On on that on that particular monitor, you know, you you are paying around two grand for it, and they they do implement that uh, PIP technology. So one thing I'd check into with picture in picture being available is what inputs can be picture in picture. Because I know a lot of TVs are like, yeah, you can do picture-in-picture with HDMI, but it's got to be component or composite or uh, regular live TV. You cannot do two HDMIs. Oh, okay. Never thought about that. Now, on a high-end gaming monitor, monitor, I'd probably say you're fine, but just something to keep an eye on. Sure. Well, then, that leads a whole nother rigmarole because then if i were to want to do like picture in picture like you are doing with your xbox in one window and then your windows 10 computer in another window that would mean i have to bring the xbox over here and again if people have been listening along over here is a terrible wi-fi zone vis-a-vis latency um especially on gaming so so then here's what you do is you take that two grand that you're going to spend on that monitor spend uh decrease that to about like 300 600 and then spend an extra 300 400 on a really nice router system i have a really nice router system are you talking about getting a mesh router system i'm talking about any sort of solution so you can play in your office (laughs) yeah i don't know man like i I've, i've 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 told you i had the nighthawk and you yelled at me for not using it anymore. And the Nighthawk was fine if I was over in yonder area where the majority of the house gets coverage. But in this little enclave, again, if if you come over and you see where where, where I'm at, you'll understand. It's it's literally a dead spot. And I don't know that the the Xbox itself has its own Wi-Fi AC adapter inside of it, but I would need an extender Wi-Fi adapter so I can plug it into the back of the Xbox via USB and then run the antenna around the corner, around their microwave. Yes, there's a microwave there. In order for the signal from the Nighthawk or whatever router that I'm talking about to be able to hit my... Xbox. And I don't I don't think Xbox even supports having the external Wi-Fi adapters. So that's another whole thing. So aren't you using the uh uh provided router right now? Yeah, so the provided router ironically is actually better than my Nighthawk has ever been in terms of like connectivity and speed. Uh the one thing that it is not doing is allowing me to stream uh, or rather broadcast my games. Um, you and I have had that ishk of that uh, conversation before. But uh, all in all, with everything else considered, it is the best router that I've had. And that's what I'm using right now to, to be able to talk to you. 
but but with uh with consideration to some other things uh, I don't think I'll be going back to the Nighthawk. It just it just was not a feasible option for me. Like feasible option as in it wasn't working or feasible option as in Yeah, so feasible option as in it wasn't working. It was a uh I I would I would argue a better ranged and better set router than this ISP provided router that I'm using. Um, but it just did not get the, the range I was expecting. Oh, wait. And then on top of that... Which Nighthawk? Because I forgot they have... I forgot they introduced an entry-level Nighthawk. They did. That was the 1900 one or something like that? Or the 1200 one? I can't one? remember. I have, I have the 3200 the one. 3200. I'm actually going to look this up because... Yeah. That could be a thing is if you got the the cheapy version... But I didn't. I know. I know. I did not. I got. I got. So there. There's also like a like a a much more expensive Nighthawk that they released recently. I got the one below that. But I would say the overarching reason for me to to make this move is uh, the Wi-Fi parental controls. So you don't have to worry about this right now. But when you get some get to the. Uh, the stage of fatherhood with kids who have their own Wi-Fi devices. You will learn that as much as you can trust them, you can't. And you need to have some sort of way to monitor and maintain the uh, the balance of power of wireless connectivity. And thusly, the built-in Wi-Fi parental control from my ISP is way better than the one that is even available through the Nighthawk, uh, which is a whole rigmarole. You have to sign up for this this third-party service, which is free, but you still have to sign up for it, and then it just it just never worked out for me. What about uh, onboard services, like ones that are on their specific devices? So I tried that too, and guess what happens to them? They get deleted. Ah, so you have two smarter just, kids. Yeah, he's fourteen years old almost. He's 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 smart as hell. But yeah, um, I've I've tried a number of things. So, and it's 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 mostly like I don't want you being online at two in the morning. I know what you're looking at, and I'm not wor- I'm not mad about it. But I just want you to go to sleep. <laughs> okay. So, you, but you do have school in the morning, so. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So here's a question for you then, going a little off topic. Yeah. Do your kids have a bedtime on the weekend? Let's say a weekend is coming, it's Friday, you've got no plans on Saturday whatsoever other than lazy day at home. Do they have a bedtime? Yes and no. It's all about being reasonable. If they have no plans to wake up at you know, eight or nine in the morning to be able to do something with the family or whatever. Usually on Friday night or Saturday night, I am a little bit more lenient. Um, I will be the monster and tell them to go to bed if, or tell them to relinquish the controller of the Xbox so I can play with you. <laughs> um, I got work but, to do. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but f- but f- for the most part, if there's there's no plans, 
um, I would say bedtime, if you could call it that, would be like 11 o'clock. Now, he, my son is currently on spring break for the next two weeks, so he's going to have a lot of those days where I'm not really going to be enforcing him to go to bed. What I will enforce, however, is a curfew of loud noises. So uh, the other thing about being able to control Wi-Fi is being able to control phone calls with my uh, cell phone provider. And that has actually been pretty easy. And I set a particular time of Dave. Uh, time of days in which that between this time and that time he can't make phone calls or, or receive text messages or even get online through the 4G LTE connection. And that has been a process in which if I wanted to change anything in itself, it's very convoluted, which I think is good for him and and also kind of annoying for me. But once I came up with a, I guess, a good middle ground of when he should put the phone down, then, you know, the, the only other thing that he can do is just stay up and read or stay up and draw or stay up and write or, you know, be a little bit more productive. Um, I'm not trying to ostracize him from his friends. I understand that that's part of growing up. I remember being 14-year-old as well, too. But uh, there needs to be a middle ground. And the middle ground is just talk during the day. <laughs> just There's nothing that you need to say at 2 in the morning that you can't say at 3 in the afternoon. Speaking of two in the morning, would you let them stay up till two in the morning? He has. Okay. No, no. The yeah. reason the reason I ask is you're like, yeah, it's a late night, yeah, eleven o'clock, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess comparatively for a kid, that's a late night. <laughs> um. Yeah, Quinn, your your idea of a late night is five in the morning. So no, no, a late night so... for me is like three, not five. You and I stopped gaming at four thirty. The other night, okay, okay, okay. There are, so... there are, there are. <laughs> the thing I should clarify is there's launch nights. <laughs> when it's a launch night for a game, all bets are off. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Just giving you a hard like time. when, uh, I think it was when Titanfall two came out two years ago. It was like seven or eight when I finally stopped playing that game because it was just so amazing. Yeah, launch nights, that's that's a whole nother ball game. And those I don't feel bad about because they're once in a great while. Do you think that Sea of Thieves needs to step up their content? Because I'm getting really monotonous. It's it's getting really monotonous now. Because it's like the same thing when I get to an island, you get you get close to the uh, the the treasure and the skeletons attack you, but it's only three or four. It's pretty manageable. Like, like, I'm not saying that there needs to be a, a storyline or anything, but I don't know. There just needs to be something else to 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 kind of keep it going to to have a little bit of uh, variety, if you will. So I think the game has a lot of variety. Personally, I think people don't understand the core concept of the game. Um, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go in here and get some sort of storyline, at least to the effect of like something like Grand Theft Auto, where it's an open world storyline where it's like, no, this, this game is all about the adventures you make with your friends. It's all about that. It's not necessarily about the loot or the treasure or any of that. It's about going and having fun with your friends and doing silly stuff. And 
so far I've say I've, I've, you know, nearing a lot of the, uh, content to the game and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I still have fun. Now I will say one thing I can see where a lot of people are coming from with, you know, the, uh, you know, go get the loot, bring it back, go get the loot, bring it back. But, uh, they have already said that they're going to be supporting this game for a long time to come. And from what I can tell, it's going to be free updates. The thing that I think personally they need to do is talk, like speak to the community and say, here's our roadmap. Here's what we're planning for the game. So you guys get an idea of we're going to support this game because that is semi fair of like, we don't have a ton of content right now, but I think if they are at least able to step forward and say, here's the content we're adding, we'd be fine. Well, they kind of did that. I mean, they were saying how, like, you know, if you get to the mysterious person in the in the tavern, you can name your ship, or there's, like, super awesome quests that you can go on. There's also plans to get to get pets. So we kind of have a roadmap, a, at least a short-term roadmap. Um, I guess what I, I, I'm getting at, I mean, there, we're, we're effectively, you and I are effectively playing two games right now, and that, that Sea of Thieves and PUBG, and both of those games are currently in constant development. PUBG a little bit more so because that's what? That's, that's always going to be a, an ever-growing game. But you mentioned communication and neither company is really communicating like weekly. That's what I want. I want to, I want them to say, Hey, we, we screwed up. Our servers were bad. Now they're good. And we plan to do this in the future for server load next week. We're going to be working on this. Like that's, that's the amount of communication I would like to see. And I know it's, it's hard from a development standpoint. Um, I mean, I just went to GDC and talked to a bunch of developers and, you you talk to your friend a lot about that that other particular game, and you know it's it's so much easier said than done about getting the information out as well as you know getting the deadlines out, but also trying to listen to the fans and listen to the players. Yeah, I think weekly updates would be asking for a bit much. Um, from what I can tell, with development cycles. In developers, most of the time, a week isn't a lot of progress. You're talking, you know, huge things changing in games, right? So we get updates. I'd say even uh, PUBG, we get updates about, you know, bi-weekly or tri-weekly. Okay, side note, is that a term, tri-weekly? That sounds right, right? Uh, Every three weeks? Yeah, that's a term, right? We'll go with it. Who's going to tell we're wrong? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> or tri-weekly. And I think they're at least communicating enough to most people. Uh, I think a weekly update, though, would be just a bit much. Like, if you honestly told the developer and said, you have to give us weekly updates and detailed weekly updates, it'd be kind of hard because they're like, yep, we're still working on it. We're still doing the roadmap thing. But okay, so maybe maybe not weekly, but at least monthly. And I feel like there are some of these games, though, even the monthly update is it's really sparse. Like, they don't really like they'll say, Yeah, we have an update. What's in it? Bug fixes. Like, okay, um, we're kind of hoping for a feature fix or a feature add. Yeah, we're working on that. 
Do you have a time frame? We're working on it. Like, like I like I just said, I know it's easier said than done, but in order for people to stick around, you need to have a little bit of better transparency so we know what to expect. And I think, to a certain degree, to put the onus on the developers to be able to say, okay, we are giving ourselves a two-week deadline to be able to add pets in. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do it now. The other side of the argument is, if they rush it, they could really screw it up. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place on, on this, and I'm kind of convincing myself out of what I initially had said. <laughs> <laughs> I just want what I want when I want it. So Tony, Quentin. you went to GDC, which is somewhere I've always wanted to go and experience, and I've got a couple friends there even. But for those of you who don't know, that is the Game Developers Conference. It's a lot like E3, just more mainly geared towards, obviously, developers. Right. Is this your first time going? Fourth. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've so, been going every year. Tell the class. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's awesome, and it's overwhelming. Because E3 is about showing off the games that you have and trying to get the press to muster interest to then, um, I guess, you know, send it out their airwaves, so to speak, to get the public interested in the games. So when it finally launches, everybody wants to play the game. Um, GDC is a little bit different because it definitely has that aspect to it. But a lot of it is more conceptual kind of uh, video games. Like uh, an independent company out of Salt Lake City will come and say, Hey, here's a game. When's it out? Oh, we don't know. We just want to kind of mess around with Unity. And this was the first thing that we came up with. And it was fun with our friends. And we're a bunch of skateboarders and snowboarders. And we just want to hang out and show that you know skaters and snowboarders uh, can program video games too. Like, oh, cool, awesome. Uh, by the way, that did not happen, but I can definitely see that happening because I had a very similar conversation <laughs> with somebody from New York about a game in which a bunch of out-of-work comedians, skaters, and street artists wanted to build a video game, and they did just that. But the other aspect of it is you get to learn a little bit more behind the scenes of how the gaming industry works, like advertising um, or the engines that are actually running the game, like Unreal or Unity. Unity was huge, obviously. Um, but then there's going to be the AAA titles that are there just to be there because it stirs um, interest. Of course, uh, Epic was there with their... Um, I don't know if you heard this game. Um, it's called Fortnite Battle Royale. It's this game <laughs> where... Well, anyways, uh, they actually flew out a ton of Twitch streamers because Twitch was like uh, 99% dominant there to our own mixer, and then 1% of them was Cinnamon. But, uh, yeah, it's just the uh, you know a lot of live streaming, um, a lot of competitions that you could enter. Uh, I tried Darwin. Do you remember Darwin? Uh, the Darwin Project. Yes! Yeah. Yes, that one looked really good. Right? And guess what? No one cares. Did you know it's on Xbox right now? Like, you could download it right now? No. Yeah. 
You can download it right now. Where's all the news? This is the one that's like the the battle royale, but it has like a host, a yeah, a person in control. Yeah, fourteen ninety nine Darwin Project, and uh, what's it called? And um, it's it's uh, console preview, I guess, is what you would call it. So just very okay. So it's in preview program. Yeah. So that's not that's not as bad then that 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 calms my heart a little bit because uh, we happy few. If you remember that one from a couple of years ago, right. um, that one's in the same situation right. of it's out, it's available, but it's in game preview, and so nobody's talking about yeah, it. Yeah, but so is PUBG, that, and everyone's talking about it. My my point. Well, yeah, because there's a big push for that one because it sold 25 million copies on PC before it came to Xbox. Right, but my <laughs> point is specifically with Darwin, they did not capitalize on the potentiality of being first. They had a really good idea in the sense that you would have this live commentator, um, whether it was AI or real person, I'm not quite sure. And then in addition to that, if you're streaming on Mixer, the people that are watching you on Mixer can actually vote on the outcome of how certain matches would go. I always thought that that was a really cool, innovative idea, not only how to play that game, that style of, of Battle Royale game, but also to really show off what Mixer can do. And now, nobody cares. Because I was watching the gameplay at the at the Microsoft booth, and I was really into it, and that's why I, I want to go up there and give, give it a give it my 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 shot. Um, by the way, I sucked, but um, I was just listen. I was just <laughs> listening to people behind me as they walked by, and it was the two other games. Like, oh, that looks like PUBG. Oh, that looks like Fortnite. Like, like it's it's the third in line. It's it's kind of like Windows Phone. Like, oh, Windows Phone's out. It's kind of like iOS and kind of like Android, but not really. It's its own thing, but it's awesome. Like, yeah, it is awesome, but nobody's playing it or nobody's using it because it just doesn't have the mind share of the shared uh, social consciousness. And that's what's happening with Darwin. And I realize that a Battle Royale-style game is nothing new. I realize that, you know, another game could capitalize on that, especially for the sheer fact that games like PUBG are not really developing as quickly as we would want it to. Also with, with Fortnite, uh, I've heard rumblings that people are starting to get a little bit perturbed about uh, some of the in-game mechanics, but that's that's all hearsay and emotional. Um, but I talk, going back to, to, to GDC, I, I think uh, it's interesting how every year there is an underlining theme. Last year was VR. I mean, th- th- that was that was the underarching theme for for CES uh, as well too. Um, so VR was 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 really big. Now this year, a lot of it was AI and more of like um, like eye tracking. Um, and then when it came to VR, like haptics. So it's uh, um, they're they're kind of. Uh, smoothening out the gaming experience, or at least trying to smooth out the gaming experience with all these uh, with all these technologies that a regular person that's playing game won't even know that it's using. But for whatever reason, the game seems to be playing a lot better for them. And uh, I tried. I fr- I'm such a bad person, but I fr- uh, I tried one of those demos where uh, you try the eye tracking and. Like I said, I suck in first person, but with this eye tracking dude, I was amazing. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> I was getting headshot after headshot 
uh, and gut shot, then a headshot. Was shot. it multiplayer? Or, yeah, uh, it was. It was live multiplayer. It wasn't against AI. Really? With other people in tracking or there was, with there was, people there was one other, with there was, like controllers or stuff? There was one other person uh, with a keyboard and mouse. The one thing that I worry about with that is it goes back to the old when everyone's super, no one's super. When everyone has eye tracking and can shoot amazingly, no one can shoot amazingly. I just, I worry about it. the matches turning into just look fests of people just instantly dying constantly and it turning into basically Call of Duty where unless you are stupid good, it is get a kill, die, get a kill, die, get a kill, die. And that only works if you have a game where you do respawn like Titanfall or Battlefield or Call of Duty. I don't know, man. It was it was it was really interesting. I also came across a booth that I thought that was hilarious, but uh, hey, it's a business. Uh, they make trees. They make all the digital trees in games like Assassin's Creed. So Ubisoft, I'm, I'm sure they put their own like flair to it. But this other company, they outsourced to actually get all the full, uh, fauna and whatnot. And I just, I, I, they were just so proud of their trees. Like, look, it's, it's a pine. And look, it's a walnut tree. Like, oh, okay. That's cool, man. I mean, I'm not a developer, so I wouldn't use that. But I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, go you. And he was like, yeah, we made this. Like, okay, all right, see you later. I mean, you think about that. If they're making tons and tons of trees and their main thing is, you know, trees and tree-like objects... It probably is, for a lot of companies, more cost-effective to say, hey, we could have an art department create tons of trees and all these assets and everything, and or we could just pay them a lesser fee and just buy the trees now and be done. No, I agree. I'm, I'm not poo-pooing on the idea of, of outsourcing to another company. I just thought it was it was hilarious. L- l- let me also kind of paint paint the landscape for you. Their booth was surrounded by all these other booths that were showing off like extremely high, like low level technology that would that would be powering all the games, and a lot of it was very like um, like very visual technology that would that would make frame rate a lot better, and like it just seemed to be like a much more overarching benefit to the game and the gamer. And then there were trees. And it just seemed like out of place, I guess, you know. But, hey, I mean. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, it, it, it just seemed very out of place. But, you know, uh, I gave them kudos and they gave me beer. So, you know, I, I can't I can't be mad at them. <laughs> they gave you beer? Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. If you guys didn't know, these developer conferences, um, a lot of us are drunk when we're there. Uh, because in order to get you to come to the booth and potentially sign up for their newsletter, they have bartenders just giving out free beer. So once you're done doing your thing, whatever that might be, and you walk over to one of the booths, you know, say hi to the guy, get a beer, turn around, sign up for the newsletter, and then walk away. And then five minutes later, come back, get a beer, tell them you already signed up, and then they don't care. So it's 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 a lot of fun. If you want to get drunk, that that is. I only had one drink myself. So you said last year was like all about the VR, right? Well, yeah. 
Um, uh, it was, yeah, yes. <laughs> See, I dare say for C, yes, the, that was the year of the drone. <laughs> That's true. There, there definitely wasn't a lot of drone, uh, drone stuff. But uh... there was a lot of VR stuff. Speaking of VR, mm. I forgot to tell you, I finally. After you and about 14 other people recommended it, I finally started listening to the audiobook for Ready Player One. Oh my god. That's such a good book. And Will Wheaton is amazing reading it. Will Wheaton. So amazing. My favorite part of that whole thing is the fact that he's mentioned in the book yep. and he's... He's reading it. Yep. That is amazing. <laughs> I I kind of thought a number of times when I listened to it the first time that he would break character and say, hey, that's me. But, you know, <laughs> of course he didn't. For those who don't know, Ready Player One comes out movie theaters this Friday. We're all going to see it. It's like it's like the Star, the Star Wars of, of, of early 2018. We're all very, very excited because this is a, a movie – in which the book that came out in 2010, I believe, we all said there is no way this could be a movie because there's just too much. There's just too many references to licenses that have nothing to do with each other. And then Spielberg says, oh, challenge accepted. And it, it's being made. So... Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it, man. I'm I'm glad that I was the one to help push you over the edge to just say, you know what? Screw you all. I'm I'm listening to this book. Yeah, man. I'm. I think at the halfway point. Yeah, because it's an audiobook. At least they have forty chapters. I'm on chapter twenty, so I'm halfway through. And yeah, I can see why. Like on the one side, listening to it, I can see how it's going to make a perfect movie now that I know it's going to be a movie, but I can see also the, the aspect of it will net like before they announced it was going to be a movie. Um, you know, all the different, uh, references, whether obscure or mainstream or both, there is a ton of them. And I could definitely see why thinking about like licensing it just be like um so we want your character to be in this movie right oh yeah tell us more about it yeah and you're gonna be with all these other characters wait what no no no. like <laughs> all these other characters no 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 like hundreds of characters well i mean there's you know there's that there's there's aspects of like the batmobile that's in there but then you know that means that it would be very difficult for there to be any kind of marvel stuff in there which also, you know, you got Warner Brothers on one end, and then you have Disney on the other end. And then Disney owns all the other things that we love. Like, I don't think there's going to be anything Star Wars in the movie at all. Like, I don't think they got that license for even the X-Wing that's supposed to be in his... Uh, spoiler alert. That's whoa, whoa, spoilers. Yeah. So if people, if people are uh, wanting to watch this spoiler-free, like, if you want to... Um, if you're a person that doesn't even watch the trailers might stop here and uh go see the movie or at least watch the trailer first because i'm just talking about the trailer here and uh the reason why is i usually try to stay away from trailers that really interest me but a few of the screenshots have filtered their way into my feed um 
the one I'm talking about though is in one of the trailers you see Spartans like Halo Spartans and now Tony you've already read the book so you don't need to say anything but I so far I have not heard any anything about Spartans and the book came out in 2011 if I remember correctly so it's definitely after Halo came out so it's doable but I haven't heard anything yet and that seems interesting because it's you know it, it basically centers around games and stuff from the 80s um and then a little bit from the 90s but mainly from the 80s and obviously we did not have Halo in the 80s now you know I asked you not to say much about that Tony but it's just kind of raising questions and I know there's supposed to be a lot about the iron giant in the trailer and I haven't heard anything about him either. So, but I also have to remember I have half a book to go. (laughs) I have a lot of stuff (laughs) regarding the iron giant. You'll see. (laughs) All right. Well, like I said, I have half a book to go, so I'm not too worried about it. I think it'll be good. But I do think, however, that much like with when Star Wars came out, we should uh, we should talk about the movie after it comes out. That sounds like a good plan. I think we'll go ahead and get that done. So should we maybe assign our first homework and tell people to go see the movie? Yeah, we're not being paid, though. So we just want to make this very clear. This is not sponsored. But yeah, go and see the movie. So when we talk about the movie, there's no worries about spoilers. Yeah. I mean, we'll put it at the end like we always do. So that way, if you do want to or have to skip it, you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, go see the movie. Right now. (laughs) Well, not now. I mean, unless it's Friday. Then, yeah, just go go see it. Or Thursday night. Or Thursday Thursday night. night. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, man. Well, thank you very much. That was fun. And uh, hopefully uh, you can fix your OS on your phone. <laughs> so, oh, Another be, fun time. Yeah, be another <laughs> topic for another time. Uh, let people know where they can follow you. Uh, on Xbox and Twitter at Firewall. And Tony will include the really odd spelling of that. In the show notes. Yeah. And as for me, uh, Hannity's on Xbox, and then all my other links will be in the show notes as well, too, as well as Twitter, all my YouTube channels. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys in the next one. Make sure you follow us, still recording on Twitter. Bye bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>